Aaron Rodgers is remaining with the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson is headed to Denver. A slew of draft capital and players headed north to the Seattle Seahawks. Is there anything in Seattle for the Browns to have their eyes on? It may be a wide receiver, but not the one you think. And we will monitor the wide receiver and defensive tackle position as free agency looms next week, all on the latest Locked on Browns. You are Locked on Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. You guys all know the drill as far as that goes. Appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns your first listen, day in, day out. Um, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're following or subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast, five-star ratings, written reviews, please. And thank you. Uh, Tuesday was a crazy one. NFL wise, we're starting to get a, you know, obviously a, a bunch of news coming in here. Um, I guess we'll take you know, a couple of the major stories as they come. And then, you know, some, some parts here where maybe, you know, for the Browns, essentially that, you know, where their interests will lie. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, free agent wide receivers and maybe some things that are coming through uh, as far as Cleveland Browns are concerned. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Pete, I, you know, as much as I think Charles Barkley hit it on the nail the other day where, you know, Aaron Rodgers feels like he is the type of person who needs to be told he's pretty every day. Um, yesterday, we get the news Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. Surprise, surprise. There was never anywhere better to go. And at this point in your career, why would you want to go to the AFC? We'll talk about that, obviously, here in a little bit as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Pete, this seems like the stupidest discussions of something that was never going to happen. Uh, Green Bay was not going to go move on from their two most important players on offense. Um, yes, they spit the bit as the number one seed last year in the playoffs, and you only do have the one Super Bowl title with Aaron Rodgers. Cry me a stinking river, Packers fans, as far as that is concerned. But I mean, what was what was all of this discussion about? Because this was never going anywhere else. Aaron Rodgers is a pain in the ass. Green Bay at least understands that he's a pain in the ass and finds a way to make it work year in year out. This just seemed like so much wasted time and breath. Well, I think it's important to note that Aaron Rodgers couldn't do this on about 30 teams. Mm -hmm. Green Bay Green Bay is a unique situation. One, they don't have a centralized owner. So Jerry Jones or you know Jimmy Haslam or you know any of these owners aren't literally going head to head with Aaron Rodgers. It's that sort of publicly owned-ish team. So there's no centralized figure where this becomes an ego contest. And like ultimately the owner might put his foot down and go, we're not doing this anymore uh, and we're moving on. If for no other reason, just because I'm tired of you. Like that plays a part You, you to me. Rodgers can't do this in many teams – uh, but he can do it in Green Bay, and Green Bay has to take it. And you know, ultimately, 
the fact that they don't have an owner like that might be the best thing for them in this situation because ultimately they do keep Aaron Rodgers and he is an MVP quarterback and he is capable of leading you to the Super Bowl. So there is some element of that. This He's in a unique environment that sort of allows for this type of thing. Um, I, I do think there is um, – that, that that it never made sense for him to go to the AFC, um, whether it was the Broncos or anyone else. And 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 I understand that people will say, well, he's a competitor. He wants to go and, and play. He, he believes in himself and he wants to play at the highest level. Bullshit. He does not want to be in a situation where he may not make the playoffs because there are four teams that are in, in, in the run yeah. running. And if you have like – David Bakhtiari miss a bunch of games, or Devontae Adams go down. I mean, which Bakhtiari? Or Jairi Alexander miss a bunch of games, yeah, or a bunch oh, of yeah. players on the defensive line. Exactly. And then you start losing games to, in this case, you know, the, let's you know the Lions or the Bears or whatever. You just you just get nicked up enough where the, you you have to look at this as what's my best best way to make the tournament? What's how do I get there? And the Packers are the easiest, the easiest bet ever because nobody else is good. Maybe the Bears are going to be good in a cup in a year or a few. Maybe Detroit can figure out in a decade or a few. But like in general, and the Vikings are, are obviously trying to sort of re- recalibrate. But right now, it is Aaron Rodgers is what Tom Brady was to the AFC East for all those years, where not only are is your team better than they are. But everybody else is so screwed up trying to figure out ways to, to, to compete with you that they end up tripping over themselves in the process and they never really amount much of a much of a, a, a contest. So that that is absolutely a factor to me. I, I, I think it I think it's insane to dismiss that. Making the tournament matters because you know, and we're gonna get there, but just if Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos finish third in that division and don't make the playoffs, it's a complete disaster which obviously the Browns can relate to because they played a competitive division. And ultimately the two teams that were least likely to make the playoffs made the playoffs. And the two teams that were expected to be favorites dealt with injuries and ultimately fell woefully short. It is great. Look, I mean, Aaron Rodgers could play eight games for the green Bay Packers next season. They'd still win the NFC North by a game or two. He could let Jordan play nine. Jordan Love play nine games if he wanted. And anybody bringing up Jordan Love's name, let's not go there either. Um, you know, because now you're just trying to fill any, you know, basically if your your stance is any other, any quarterback other than Baker Mayfield, I'm done. I just don't have the time. We're way too far into 2022 to even rehash these stupid arguments from 2021. Um, I think it also helps that he's in a place like Green Bay, Wisconsin, and not in a major market. Eventually, a major market is going to turn on you. And not, you know, that the Green Bay media essentially, you know, loves him and allows him to do whatever he wants. Um, he It's the perfect place for him because he can be the focal point. Uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, there's not much else going on but the Green Bay Packers. So the, uh, you know, basically the sounds through the sands through the hourglass of Aaron Rodgers, it plays well there. It plays perfectly there. Um and for him, whatever, it, it, it doesn't need to be this. And God for sakes, I mean, the news breaks about the Russell Wilson trade and not even 30 seconds later is Aaron Rodgers taking to social media talking about himself. It's it's just monotonous. And, and it's funny, for all the years that I really, really, really thought I absolutely hated Tom Brady, 
I think to the point where I think Aaron Rodgers might be the most annoying son of a bitch Pete in the NFL. Well, it's just the, the, the being that, that, that quarterback being unchecked for, for basically that's, I mean, there's no getting away from it, but all these things sort of feed into this ability to, um, you know, be somewhat of a narcissist sort of, think you're a victim when you're clearly not, you know, talk about being canceled and and then getting $200 million contracts. Like, um, you know, he, he, this is, this is what the situation, he has been enabled to be, to do this. So uh, it it is annoying. Like I haven't paid attention to any of this crap with, with him because my, my base assumption was he's going back to the Packers. It's the only way that, that that makes sense for him. No, these other teams aren't going to put up with him. You know, if he wins, they're going to be fine with it, and they'll 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 deal with it. If he's making, if he's getting them to the Super Bowl, they are going to put up with it. But the second things start to go wrong, and he starts whining, you know, I I just don't think everybody else has the appetite, and and Green Bay is unique for that. So I I, I never thought he was the guy that was going to move. Absolutely. Um, and and it's hard to bring him in because, you know, he can do this in Green Bay because he's always been there. It's it's his home. It's his show. And, you know, basically everybody's kind of got to just, you know, fall in line and deal with it. Um, it's a shame because there's some great players on that team that don't get the mention they deserve due to, you know, the fact that, you know, you can always, you know, whip up a headline and put Aaron Rodgers' name in it and get reads, get clicks, get people to watch, yada, 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 yada. Um but so for the one that really didn't break the news meter whatsoever, we're going to go to the one that did here in a second. We're going to flip it up here, uh, talk about the Denver Broncos uh, giving up a ton, um, and rightfully so, to acquire Russell Wilson. What happened in Seattle? Uh, you know, I know everybody's excited to see if there's any other bones to pick in Seattle. We'll talk about that a little bit just after we talk about everybody's favorite protein bar, Bill Bar. This is the time of the year I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be some of your new favorites. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs are included. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com and scroll down the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low in calorie, high fiber, low carbs. Most bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And God, I don't know why, but they seem to pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 
for 15% off at built.com. Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos. Uh, tons of draft picks. Uh, Denver's first round pick this year. Denver's first round pick next year. Second round picks involved. Noah Fant involved. Drew Locke involved. Shelby Harris, defensive lineman involved. Ooh, Seahawks also uh, did throw a pick in there in exchange as well. Um, but Russell Wilson with Seattle. And it's really weird with Seattle. I can understand at this point saying, look, what we have isn't good enough anymore in terms of the Rams just won a Super Bowl, in terms of the San Francisco 49ers, in terms of maybe even the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Russell Wilson did not want to be around for a rebuild in Seattle for some reason. Pete Carroll, I guess, does, I guess. I'm not sure there. Uh, Also later in the day, releasing Bobby Wagner. Denver Broncos. They tried this route after Peyton Manning retired of finding, developing your own quarterback. It hasn't worked. You go to Teddy Bridgewater because Drew Luck doesn't work. Didn't work out. These things, it's just never come to pass for the Denver Broncos. So now you you tried drafting, didn't work. Paxton Lynch, another one of those lovely names in that mix as well. You bring in a Russell Wilson. And Denver Pete, other than the quarterback position, has a pretty good roster. You know, if Melvin Gordon comes back, if he doesn't, you still set it running back. You have three wide receivers in Sutton, uh, in Patrick, and hopefully the resurgence of Jerry Judy. Uh, Hamler there as well. Um, you did trade Wade Noah Fant in this deal, but Russell Wilson was never a huge, huge tight end guy anyway. Defensively, you had investments that were made there. For the Denver Broncos, Pete, this is a win-win. But look, you're still now in an absolute dogfight in the AFC West. It is a hell of a division. Um, and like you said, there's a possibility here that this does, doesn't mean Denver walks in and comes in first, maybe even just comes in second. Um, but the move was made. Denver gets their guy, a change of scenery for Russ Wilson and family. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the Broncos also have Albert uh, O uh, as their next man up at tight end. So they're not exactly hurting and they could theoretically add somebody else if they wanted to. Uh, the Broncos set this up a long time ago in terms of like putting themselves in position. Not only is their roster pretty good on offense, they've got a pretty good defense, even though the Browns didn't see it because so many of their guys were injured and they were bringing linebackers off the street and they were down, uh, down their top corner. They have talent on both sides of the ball. Um, and the thing that they set themselves up with was with the Von Miller trade. They got a second and third round pick for half a season of work for Von Miller. And Von Miller won the Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams, so they're happy. But that was a steal in terms of like the value. Worth it, but a huge haul. So even though the Broncos have traded two firsts and two seconds, they still have a second-round pick. They still have two third-round picks. So they're not helpless in this draft. Uh, they've got the ability to continue to add players, more than likely on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but nevertheless, like they're not in bad shape, which you just contrast that against like people who are upset that the Browns didn't do this one. Russell Wilson wasn't coming to Cleveland because Russell Wilson said he wasn't coming to Cleveland uh, in the same way that he told Washington, no chance in hell. He has that ability, but the Broncos have done this before they've done it. They did it with Peyton Manning. They, they know how to do this. They have like the reps in there and their roster is just more set up. And, I, you know, even if let's pretend that Russell Wilson was like into the idea of coming to the Browns and, and really loved Donovan Peoples Jones and David Njoku. Um, 
the 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 Rams, I think, set up a scary precedent in how likely that type of move is to pay off. Um, that's not easy to do, and to be good enough on the roster and just sort of add a quarterback and win. And the Broncos did it, but like Peyton Manning wasn't quite Peyton Manning. Certainly important, but not quite that dude. Um, With the Rams, both in the NFC Championship and in the Super Bowl, they came pretty close to losing it. And had that happened, the whole thing would have been an absolute disaster. Like It would have been a failure. And the Rams are going to be in a tough situation to... I think they can certainly get back to the playoffs, but they're going to be just a a shell of what they were last year in terms of talent. Uh, but the Browns, had they gotten Russell Wilson, he would have had you would have had to give up everything that likely would have given him you any chance to add weapons for him, and you would have then put yourselves on a clock that the Browns don't want to do. The Browns organization does not want to put themselves into this situation of like having a very finite amount of time to win. You know, in some ways, it's like when the Cavs had LeBron the first time and they're trying to add like just random pieces that didn't, you know, Larry Hughes and 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 uh, Wally Zerbiak and guys. And like it was desperate and it just didn't work. And you had to be operating from that position of strength. So when he came back the second the, the came back the second time. Suddenly now they had Kyrie Irving and they had the situation where they could get Kevin Love and they had all these pieces that were like really good. That's the difference. And they were in such a better place. And it was still hard for them to win the championship. Like that's really difficult. So the Broncos are in good shape. The Browns simply aren't. Now, the one thing I would point out and that I see that immediately stood out to me um, when this happened is all of a sudden, if you look at the Seattle Seahawks roster, which is a glorified CFL team, um, this past season, they got rid of Bobby Wagner last night. They are moving on from guys. In fact, uh, you know, I, I would not be surprised if they just casually release Pete Carroll at this point. Not firing, <laughs> we're releasing him. But the guy that stands out and the guy that becomes an opportunity for the Browns that could <clears throat> make a move on is Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is going to be 30 in September. They're not, the Seahawks are not going to be good by the time he's, you know, still viable. But he's gonna also gonna make twenty eight point two million in guaranteed money. If if the if the Seahawks were to move him, and, and, and the base salary for him this coming season would be three million dollars. The base salary for him next year would be like nine point three million dollars. Tyler Lockett is not only good; he is the answer to everything the Browns have been missing in terms of a guy who can stretch the field, a guy who can get open, a guy who can make plays after the catch a guy that is a professional that is good right now. His efficiency is great, which is like he's been one of the most efficient receivers in the league for years, and some of that is obviously playing with Russell Wilson, but he's also just very good. And that is something that I think will stand out to the Browns, who seem to emphasize efficiency and really maximize that. So, like, Tyler Lockett would give you – let's say the Browns were to give up like a third – the you know, a third-round pick and a fifth. Like that's sort of like one of those standard sort of offers. And maybe that maybe that's not enough because of the amount of money that that uh, that the Seahawks would have to eat. But to their, their to them, it would also be a means to clearing out cap space for them in the future. Um, 
But if you were to do that, you get a guy who can just make your whole offense better. And like, if you then go and get a guy like Garrett Wilson or Drake London, or you trade back a couple spots and because your guy like Chris Olave to me has a lot of similarities to Tyler Lockett. Um, that suddenly opens this offense up in a way that, that can make this thing really take off. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but, but Tyler Lockett is good. He's even at 30. He's great. Like this past year, he's coming off a season where he averaged 11 yards per target. Um, I, I will sign up for that right now. His career is 9.7. Um, that is the type of opportunity where you can come out of this and go, I'm pissed the Browns to get Russell Wilson, or I'm disappointed that Russell Wilson didn't want to play here. That's fine. But Tyler Lockett is the type of player you can absolutely get. And then if you just add a receiver in the draft at, at 13 or, or Sky Moore or hell, at that point, I'll listen to an Amari Cooper conversation because you're you're saving so much money on Tyler Lockett and you get all these guys that can really space out your team. That's going to make the tight ends better. And it's going to make the quarterback better. Like that to me becomes a massive opportunity out of this whole thing. Yeah. And I know everybody, you know, with this and obviously seeing, you know, basically a fire sale up in Seattle, um, you know, what's there, what's available. And of course, you know, everybody, you know, first things first, highs goes to DK Metcalf, Uh, DK Metcalf, you know, currently up for an extension. We'll see the way it works out in Seattle because I'm assuming DK Metcalf is not going to be happy. Uh, we'll see. I'm assuming Seattle is probably looking to address the quarterback, draft a quarterback. Um, and, you know, but with DK Metcalf, again, I, he, I, and I said this last night on Twitter, he's not, the, he wouldn't be the fit here. Tyler Lockett would be the fit here. Is the fact that he's going to be 30 in September, is that a holdup? I don't know if that's a holdup for the Browns. But as far as what he does, how he wins, uh, precise route runner, sure hands. He actually has, you know, better, you know, for a smaller receiver, he has better above the rim ability than you would think he does. Um, he would come in, it would be a seamless transition. Uh, I, I agree with you there. You know, the question would be the cost and what you would have to give up for it, the compensation to bring a player in like Tyler Lockett. Um, and the thing I love the most about Tyler, Tyler Lockett is you never hear a word from Tyler Lockett. And from what we've been through the last couple of seasons at the wide receiver position, Tyler Lockett is a guy that just goes about his business day in, day out, week in, week out. Uh, you know, there's times you never even hear the name Tyler Lockett and, you know, you go looking for him and up, up, still producing, still getting it done. still doing a fantastic job. So, I mean, if Seattle's totally going to tear this all the hell apart, then a player like, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett bringing him in, um, if the Browns had the opportunity, were able to acquire him, uh, no-brainer. Uh, plus, you don't have to worry about a contract. That stuff's all put to bed already. Um, but he would come in, and he would be, you know, for the Browns, a huge, huge acquisition. And as you mentioned, Pete, he's a guy that, would you know, has the understanding of, I'm not getting all the balls I wish I would get, and which is this isn't going to change with the Browns. They're going to throw it to the running backs. They're going to throw it to the tight ends. They're going to get everybody involved who you know does the work, who's qualified for it. If you do enough of the work, there's going to be targets for you in Cleveland, and it's going to be you know targets are going to be spread around, and it's just the way it goes here. Uh, we're going to get to a little bit more here on the wide receiver market, but your major news, obviously, at this point, Aaron Rodgers remaining in Green Bay. I don't know if major news, no. Um, but Russell Wilson. Headed to Denver, uh, a slew of draft assets, a bunch of young players headed up to Seattle. Um, what exactly Seattle's game plan is here for the foreseeable future, I'm not so sure. Corbin Smith, he actually works with Sports Illustrated covering the Seahawks with Pete. He's our Lockdown Seahawks host. He's wondering if there's a possibility the Seahawks maybe fell in love with a quarterback at, mm -hmm. in India at the Combine. I don't, I don't think that's what happened. The question I would have is how much access would they have had to the quarterbacks not holding a first-round pick at the time? I don't know. Um, but also, if you listen to the talks from Ben Albright, you know, Pete Carroll, honestly, 
He wants to run the ball. He wants to play defense. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a major name that Seattle's actually infatuated with. You know, these talks of Deshaun Watson. I, I don't know what to do with any of that. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, until I hear that, you know, there is nothing hanging over Deshaun Watson's head. Um, but until by I, the way, talk, it's, that, yeah. that situation is going to get worse before. It, 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 it's going to get worse. Let's just put it that way. It is not in a good spot. If we're going to get um, to the point where people are actually going to be st- talking in an open forum, this is not going to get better for Deshaun Watson. There's no well, way. There's the fact that his attorney is telling him, saying that he's going to take the fifth in a so in a civil issue, like talking to uh, people who know way more about this stuff than I do, are immediately going, "That's probably not a great situation." So, because of admission of guilt in that situation is what. Yeah, I. I I, 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 I'm very weirded out by people who are like, well, if he clears his le- 22 accusers, man, it's not like an accident and it, it you got to get over it. Like, it's just not a thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. We're going to get back here. Um, I'm going to talk a little about the wide receiver market because what once looked like it was going to be a, you know, pretty good amount of wide receivers on the free agent market. Maybe he's not looking like that right now. We're going to get to that. All that and more continuing through here on your latest Lockdown Browns. We always appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen day in, day out. Uh, as far as your favorite podcast platform, make sure Lockdown Browns is either followed or subscribed on that app for you. And you're leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews. Pete, we get into this here. And, you know, there was, you know, obviously Devontae Adams was a possible name and other names. But now you're looking at it, Allen Robinson, Christian Kirk. Uh, I'm assuming the Amari Cooper situation is probably going to fizzle out in Dallas. Uh, you know, I, I don't know an avenue that they can maybe trade him uh, for what he's making. So players on the market. But and this is where it gets difficult because for the Browns at pick 13, um, in the more and more I'm going through this, Pete, I, I think, you you know, the edge dries up by the time you get to 44. Not that it necessarily does, you know, with wide receiver, it does as well. Not as much as edge, I think, personally. Um, but you get into this, and these names now available that would be available on the free agent market, it's not a ton. I mean, I don't know if Allen Robinson wants to get himself into another difficult situation where if he were to come to the Browns, here's Baker Mayfield on the last year of his deal. You know, who knows, you know, if 2022 goes well, Baker Mayfield here for a while. If it doesn't go well, who knows where the Cleveland Browns go from there. Um, you know, Christian Kirk seems like a good fit, but is Christian Perks, Christian Kirk's price tag. And, you know, as far as other teams wanting him, is that getting better with the more and more this thing dries up? And then certainly Amari Cooper, who you always, you know, always seems like his better games with the Cowboys were in, you know, Jerry world, as opposed to outside on grass, but the free agent market Pete, and the avenues to go that route, which certainly makes Tyler Lockett appear, uh, Lockett, you know, appealing if it gets to that, um, there's not a ton of options out there, um, and certainly, you know, uh, you know, a lot of this hinges, of course, you know, on what you can do at defensive end as well. Yeah, I think the wide receiver market is just a big fat buyer beware sign. Uh, I, I, I'm not very I, like I like Allen Robinson as a player, though this past year leaves me scratching my head a little bit. Um, I, I just worry about guys who are going to make something like 15 million dollars a year show up you know things don't go the way they hope and they're like well i'm going to be out of here anyway you know i I, you know i i have i'm going to be uh get the opportunity somewhere else next season so i can basically shut it down 
Um, I don't know that Allen Robinson's necessarily wired that way, but that's just sort of the thing that jumps out at me. Uh, Christian Kirk, I, I, I just don't think is uh, – he can certainly prove me wrong. I just don't think he's that that guy. I don't think he's that good. I think he's a very nice slot player. Um, but if you're asking me to bet a ton of money on him, I'm I'm terrified. And that's even even acknowledging that I think in the Browns offense, when you can put a guy at Z – because you have tight ends and, and and a guy like TPJ where you're going to line them up on the line of scrimmage where you can move a guy and sort of dictate where the matchup is. him, That is another reason why I, I do love the, the, the Tyler Lockett thing. You're not getting it a bit anymore. In fact, yes, you're giving up draft capital um, potentially for that, and that's the hitch. But it's actually a massive savings for your salary cap, and it allows you to go elsewhere with the – uh, with that money, like you, you, you know, whether it's Jadevian Clowney or another edge rusher, um, you know, we saw Harold Landry sign a massive contract extension in, in Tennessee. Um, there's going to be some edge guys out there, but it's you know, if you if you get a guy like Lockett, now you can really focus in on those defensive tackles and and really make it a strong play to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Um, I, I you know, I, we'll see what happens with Cedric Wilson. I know the the talk has been well. They're getting rid of Amari Cooper, uh, so they can sign Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson. I've seen nothing on the Cedric Wilson front, and that doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just it's all, all Ben Gallup, and then they've just they've just franchised uh, Dalton Schultz. So, you know, if Cedric Wilson gets out there and tests the open market, then as I, as I, as he, one would think he would, given that he's not going to get tagged. Um, that might allow him to find a better fit. Now, he may suddenly get more money than maybe that we're comfortable with, but I'm not sure he will. So, um, I, you know, I, I think the Browns are going to, in terms of free agents, are going to be looking at that second and third tier, and they're going to do this in terms of by number. They're going to hit throw a lot of options at it as opposed to going to get one or two very high priced ones. And I know there's been reporting that they've reached out to some of these guys and, and, and whatever. Um, that's fine. Um, but I, I, I also don't think that those people are going to come back and go, yeah, we're going to, we're going to come to Cleveland. Now, the one guy that sort of interests me. And again, if you get a guy like Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper suddenly becomes more interesting to me because I do think those two would, uh, complement each other. But ultimately, if you can get a guy like Lockett, uh, then I think you can use the draft, whether that is Garrett Wilson or, or, or Drake London or, God forbid, Jamison Williams. Um, or you come in the second round and you get a guy like Sky Moore. Like that that seems like a guy who's going to be there um, and, and would be a really nice pick if, if, the, Browns are, if the Browns like him there. Uh, if they were to trade back maybe a couple spots and grab Chris Olave, like – um, getting the one guy and then getting a draft pick, I think is probably their best way to go, but they could go get like a James Washington from Pittsburgh and he could be an interesting option um, to, to sort of fill this out and make sure you have sort of a professional roster before you get to the draft. Uh, fun Avenue to play. And, you know, I'd like to get some of these holes, you know, filled before we get to the drafts. Uh, all rumors are the Browns are planning to be active. We'll see how this all shakes out, uh, you know, starting next week. The Cincinnati Bengals guys, Pete, buddy Joe, Joe Goodberry and some other guys, they're doing the work on the Cincinnati Bengals. And they don't think there's any way B.J. Hill 
could remain in Cincinnati for next year. That's good, Pete, because I think we got a spot. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, like, I know who the Bengals are. Like, come on. Like, we know who they are. This is what they do. They they don't. And and the Browns and the Bengals have a weirdly incestuous relationship when it comes to defensive tackles. Like, it's, yes. they just pass them around. Um, so, yeah, like, B.J. Hill would be great. Like, if the Browns could come out of the free agency and get D.J. Jones from the 49ers and B.J. Hill, just get the initials. Just sign the initials, guys. And that would be a great setup to get both of those guys um, – and have those be sort of set the tone up in the middle because BJ Hill, that's what he does. He's a three tech that can, that can play the run and, and DJ Jones is a straight up nose. Like that is what this group wants. That is what this group could really use. So I am curious to see how that goes. You know, we'll see where BJ Hill wants to play. Uh, obviously he was traded. He was traded to the Bengals, wasn't he? Uh, yes. From the Giants. So, you know, and from the Giants. So I, I, who knows what he really wants, but if he was cool with Cincinnati, maybe he's cool playing up the other end of set, uh, the other end of I seventy one. And if you compare a couple of those guys together, like the Browns would be, that defense would be in significantly better shape. And then obviously, if it, a lot of that depends on what they do at edge. Um, to me, I think the fact that the market is suddenly getting flooded with edge rushers is very interesting. I'm curious if that has an impact. Like, if the Cowboys are truly insane. And they get rid of their best defensive player on the team in uh, Demarcus Lawrence, and suddenly put him out there. Like that is not good for Jadavian Clowney. And certainly, there's always going to be opportunities if you're a good defensive end. Some teams will always find the money. But does he really want it? Like he could go play in Seattle right now, and I'm sure they'd be happy to pay him a bunch of money. But I don't know if that's really what he wants. I think he maybe he wants a lot of a good amount of money, but he also wants to play somewhere that feels like they're going somewhere. So. I'm I'm curious to see what that what happens on that end, but these are all reasons why I think the trade market for wide receiver may be the best course of action for the Browns because then it allows you to spend the money on on the positions that are not in this draft. Like Edge is certainly in this draft, and I think they should invest there. But defensive tackle after two guys is not there. You don't get uh, Jordan Davis, and you don't get Travis Jones. You're done. And I, I would hate the Browns to have to go into the draft with the need to take one of those guys. Um, it's actually funny here because this is going to be the last one we're going to go with. Uh, ESPN's Todd McShay has released his latest mock draft, and I just want to put my hand on my head and pound it against the table that I'm sitting at right now. 24-year-old nose tackle, Devontae Wyatt. I mean, are we doing any homework here, Pete? Um, you know, and, and this is even with Jordan Davis on the board. So even if the Browns were going to address defensive tackle, they're certainly going to take the younger one. I, I, I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's weird how many people don't seem to know that Devontae Wyatt is going to be 24 at the end of March, despite the fact I keep saying it. Um, I, I don't know if that's sort of lost on people. The, obviously, the Browns aren't going to do that. But David Njoku's going into his sixth season. He's not much older than him. This is ridiculous. Yeah, Um and if you're asking me, who would I rather take straight up between Jordan Davis and and Travis Jones? I'm taking Travis Jones. Like I, I, he he has the things I want. He was productive at UConn, and you can crap on UConn in the schedule. It was bad, but and then he followed that up. You can't use the excuse, and you can't use the excuse that he's playing with a whole bunch of guys that are going to draft in the first two rounds. You, that is not the excuse with Travis Jones by any means whatsoever. I mean, you could pull 
millions of us, and we couldn't give you a second player who plays on UConn's defense. But go ahead. And he dominated at the Senior Bowl. Uh, to and, and granted, I, I've seen guys do that for a week and then be crap in the NFL. There's no no guy that stands out to me more on that front than Cedric Willis, uh, the former UC, USC defensive tackle who absolutely just demolished everyone down there and then did nothing in the NFL. But he also has agility and balance, and that seven three 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 cone is impressive like Jordan Davis does not change directions well he didn't produce um I, I don't think he is what people hope he is trying to be but it, like if you are going into this draft and saying no no we have to take a defensive tackle I would try to trade back and then take Travis Jones like if if it, you know even if it's just like trading back a couple spots I I would I would rather have Travis Jones than I would Jordan Reed and I get the argument that look at Jordan Reed he's 6'6 340 and he ran that fast he might be a freaking comic book character. He might be a juggernaut, but he doesn't change directions well, and it's not there consistently on tape. It, it's very I, – I, he scares the crap out of me. Like, you have – that has to be Vita Vea to take him there. And I just don't – I've never watched and gone I – mean, I, I say this as somebody who's dead wrong about – Vita Vea, uh, and I, and I, a lot of that was based on his production, but he was like active and, and disruptive and Jordan Davis just hasn't been And on a defense loaded with guys. Like of all times you'd think, Oh, he should just crush it. And, and he, he like as a pass rusher, he plays patty cake too often. He doesn't, he, he only played like 55 and a half percent of their snaps. Like you're drafting him and you're saying, Oh, where he's going to play more for us. Like he couldn't play more snaps for Georgia, but he can for your NFL team. That scares the crap out of me. Travis Jones, he's a dude, and and I think he's going to be a really good pro. He fits, uh, and I don't assume he would impact three downs, but he has, to me, has a more likely ability to impact all three downs. And uh, Travis Jones, just in case you guys are wondering, uh, Dane Brugler has him now as a round one player in his latest mock. So the rise for Travis Jones has been legit. It has been steady. It has been real. Um, so certainly a bunch of names to keep your eyes on and uh you focus on here uh, we've talked about players coming starting next week free agency obviously we are 55 zero days away from the 2022 nfl draft so we've got an aaron Rodgers news we've gotten the russell wilson news uh you know what would be left to maybe you know pick on of the carcass of the seattle seahawks and then of course you know where the wide receiver market and defensive tackle markets kind of are now as we're heading into next week in free agency uh appreciate everybody for being along for the ride he is pete smith browns digest on sportsillustrated.com make sure you guys are checking everything out obviously a ton of content coming this week a ton of content will be coming next week make sure you check out the podcast it'll be back this week uh pete and jake burns cutting it up some baker mayfield talk of course will be part of that so for pete's sake make sure you get that into the rotation make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore um, myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd uh, show itself locked on Browns follow back account DMs are, o- are always open everybody knows questions ideas things you would like discussed on the show this is the best time of the year to do it a lot more freedom in the daily lineup of the locked on Browns podcast so feel free to do that putting this one to bed here this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound LGB on the LOB let's go Browns <laughs>